Good evening and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades. Tonight we are going for extreme horror, although don't expect too much extreme because it's quite tame extreme, I think. But I'm just I'm just, you know, setting expectations before we carry on. It it's a me, it's Faye, um, as always, and I have Mercer with me. Hello. And I have Christopher with me. Hello. And I am out of practice when it comes to doing an intro, as you can probably hear. Um, how are we, gentlemen? I am very, very well. Way to sell the episode at the start. All I'm saying is, if you're tuning in for Extreme, I just think you're expecting, like, martyrs or... If you expect faces of death, you're not going <laughs> yeah, you're you're not not... to get that no. episode. No. Too tame for us. <laughs> yes, yes. Mercer, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you. Nothing new, nothing different. Well, one thing new, I actually did finally um, exchange contracts for my house. Ooh. So I am a homeowner. So that's new and exciting and different. Um, I'm now incredibly poor. But you own a house. I do, I do. And I am so happy that I do. We're still still hunting, still for, looking for that. I spit on your grades, permanent HQ. Yeah. We should have to live in a tent, I reckon. I think tents are the way to go. Just buy a really nice one. Then you can take your home wherever you want. What about, like, a cooker and stuff like that, and a fridge and a washing machine and a toilet and a shower? You can put a cooker in a tent. They all say, they say there's absolute... 100% 100% safety with cooking inside a den. Mercer's saying this like we haven't been camping together using a stove. What about electricity? What about it? <laughs> Let me ask you something. When were you last excited about electricity? Shut up. Oh my God, have you just got a job for an energy company, Chris? <laughs> There's an advert on Prime when you watch the free V stuff and it's like, who says electricity can't be exciting? No one says that. Not one person have I ever heard say that. Who says that progress doesn't mean progressing? What are you what? saying right now? <laughs> it's another definition of progress. progress. I swear to God. Let's not do the advertising for them, though. We're running our entire ad campaign. Yes, they are, yes. Um, I mean, I, I've got a bit of an achievement myself, Mercer. I'm sorry if it's going to outweigh your house buying. I'm not meaning to steal your thunder. But in January, I watched 86 films in one month. Part of me is like, wow, that is incredible. And another part of me is like, what the fuck do you do with your time if all you, you do is you could films? Have, you could have literally just stopped after that first sentence. That would have been I could, fine. I could have, but that wouldn't have been me being true to myself or no. true to you. For... You chose to be I... a bitch. I appreciate that. No, no, no. I'm just worried about you. Don't be worried about me. I'm the woman who's watched 86 films in one month. <laughs> I know my mental health is perfect. (laughs) Do with my mental health. I just wanted to watch a lot of films, and I did. And I watched some really good films. We obviously can't go. Really good. Yes, but we obviously can't go through them all um, because that's a month's worth of films, and that would just be nuts. Uh, But I'd probably say that the standout film that I've watched recently was Mass, and I know it's an old one, but. years old that's 2020 i think or 2021 yeah but that's what i'm saying it's not 2023 or 2022 but it's incredible and devastating 
and I'll never watch it again in my life because it was so depressing. Tell you what, I had a day yesterday with films. It started off with homophobic um, Satan worshippers. Oh, is that the um, title? <laughs> no, t- no, no, no. That's just the the content of the film. Yeah, that's I went purposely went about where to find something that would cause me personal offence. <laughs> um, no, it was um, it, it's Satan's children. Um, yeah, it's got like raping and uh, homophobic Satan worshippers. I then moved on to watch um, the bleak story of a young girl whose mother abandons her and she ends up turning turning to prostitution and then gets uh, sex trafficked and then kills herself. Um, wow. That were that were beautiful. I then moved on to the story of the fourteen year old girl, thirteen year old girl who got hooked on heroin um, and then uh, started prostituting herself so that she could get her drugs. And then I watched Jaws. And just two. So that kind of balanced everything out. Where were you just, watching these horribly depressing films? Just at home. Um, so the first one's Lilia Forever, which is fantastic if you've not seen it. It's just bleak. Bleak from start to finish. And the second one's Christi- Christiana F, um, which is a German film based on a true story. Um, and okay. it's, yeah, another bleak, bleak film. Not horror, just bleak. Uh, but yeah, then, then round my day off with a bit of Joe's, a bit of shark action. And just before we move on, I'll tell you what we did watch as well that we missed at Fright Fest last year, I think it was, Candyland. Okay. Really good. Really, really good. I, for some reason in my head, that wasn't what was supposed to happen. So when it happened, I was pleasantly surprised. I have no idea what happens. I, I also missed it at Fright Fest, I believe. It's about a group of women working as prostitutes at a truck stop. In the 90s. So obviously minimal cell phone and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they get a new member to the group who's been outcast by her religious religious group. family. And yeah. Then it takes a left turn. Mm, it does. It really does. It's really good. I love a good, I love a good left which... turn. Which is it's almost kind of a nice segue into today's episodes because I think quite a few of these films take a nice left turn, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yes, mm. they do. So... Um, yeah, extreme horror. Um, I think we'd probably all agree it's not. I mean, certainly for me, it's not a favorite genre. I don't, I don't know much of the extreme. I, like, I mean, I know of it, and I've seen ugh, like August Underground and is it Vomit Dolls and stuff like that. And I, I really hate like gore and horribleness for the sake of it. I really can't stand that sort of stuff. Um, so I've not. I, I just can't. Why are you playing a face? I'm not pulling the face. I'm just thinking about your choice of film. Um, <laughs> I I think extreme is such a big a bigger spectrum than than you expect. And mm. I would never ever. I would have been absolutely disgusted if one of us had have gone the August Underground or the Slaughtered Vomit Dolls or or Faces or something like that. I'd have mm. been like, oh, come on, like extremes. Extreme isn't just about Uber unnecessary gore and violence without a plot line like extreme can be different than that and I think like when it comes to extreme I think all three of our films have definitely got some very extreme elements in them um and some wince inducing moments Mm. yeah definitely agreed uh with that would you like to go with your choice first (sighs) okay so I was (laughs) I um, 
when we said extreme, I actually had quite a few films that went through my mind, but I settled on one of the first one of the first films I probably saw from like um like the Totten Asian Extreme collection when that came out. Do you remember it was a big thing? Mm-hmm. Um and probably one of the first kind of like Japanese films that I, I saw, like that's was in the horror genre that kind of like literally hit me for six. And it's uh Takashimike's um audition. Basic plot point is a man, happily married man's wife dies and for years he lives his life just dedicating himself to his work and his son and then decides he finally wants to remarry and the way he goes about it is the most natural normal way that you will would do you have a fake film um and audition women for a part knowing that that film's never going to get made but you're going to seduce them uh so you know weinstein and basically yeah um and you know get them to marry him except poor dude picks the wrong girl it's the girl who's playing pretty much the same game as he is, but a little bit more extreme. For me, off the bat, what I love about Audition to start with is it literally, like, if you don't know the, the concept of Audition, yes, if you go into this totally blind, it sets itself up almost as a rom-com. That's, a, yeah. that's one of my first my first points I've got noted at, is, like, somewhere... There's a cut of this that is, is works as a rom com. It does though, doesn't it? Like the whole like the whole start like with the death of his wife is very like uh, daytime TV like drama, and then like the old concept of oh, I need to find a wife, and the only possible way to do this is by this extreme plot, and then we have it, yeah. it's, it's even him who suggests it initially. It's the son. He's like, hey, dad, why don't you go get married? He doesn't do it yeah. in like an American accent, obviously. Just but... just as a by the by. If Love Island goes this route, I have absolutely no <laughs> issue with that. Let's watch it. But no, the, the whole concept, so like, if you if you are not, if you have not seen this film or you don't read about this film and you like blindly go to one of your friends and they go, oh, let's watch this. Um, it, it pretty much puts you into a complete false sense of security. Mm. And then, and then it's just like, it, it's almost, it's like, like just till dawn territory, innit? it? It's like halfway through, you just go, "What? What the fuck's what?" I think um, it's more than halfway through, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, it's actually quite towards the end. Yeah, but it's kind of great, and it's it's weird as well because like when I was watching it, like the first thought that went through my head with the whole like audition scene, like, "Oh God, this is a bit uh, like misogynistic, really," in it, like guys setting up, and then I'm like, actually. It is pretty much just the dating scene, right? Like when you date, when you date somebody, you audition them, right? You go on dates and you decide whether that person is right fit for you. Yeah, you do that as a normal person. What you don't do is abuse your position of power and have people come in thinking they're going to go for a job. How so, the hell did you end up marrying Chris? You be, abused your position of power. And let him think he was going to get free drinks in the pub we worked, and then you left. This that's, is this is how we work as humans. That's exactly what happened. And um, I don't think that I've ever offered free drinks. No, from, as, as a bargaining tool. Didn't get that. I I don't think because obviously the initial scene where they set up and we've gone. Oh yeah, it's never it's never going to happen. They for a fake film. But that's not the start, though, is it? it? Gets the film gets pulled part of the way through. When they actually come up with this scheme, it's very clear that. He goes, I've got, a, I've got a script here that works. We'll just, I've just got to rejig part of it and the film will still get made. 
because you're going to be trying to pull not the lead, the one who actually gets to roll, because she'll be... Because, yeah, but that's... I say, I don't... I don't while, it's, while it's not ideal, I think there is a... There was a genuine... <laughs> there was a genuine film role... Not ideal. Going, there was a genuine film role going for whoever got cast, and then it's not like he, not like he goes, oh, I'm just going to sleep with the rest of them. He makes it clear that he wants to get to know the person that he actually ends up with, have that relationship before he does anything. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's as black and white as, oh, they, they come up with this awful scheme. Wow. This is one of the moments where I wish, like, um, we were, maybe did live, like, we were, this were a YouTube video, because face face, listening to Chris just then was priceless, like, pure disgust. The, the fact of the matter is, what they are doing is wrong. You, I, I get what you're saying, like, it's, it's, the, it, it's in his mind, he's not doing it with any malice, is he? He's just trying to meet someone in, in, in a way that he he doesn't know how to do it otherwise. So, yeah, the entire scenario is terrible. And, yeah, just go to a bar. But, you know, what we saw what they were like in bars with them girls were laughing. They were horrible to them because, like, women shouldn't be independent enough and having a good time, according to these characters. Um, but then but then he's like, but I want a woman who works, maybe, a little bit. Can we just but agree? Also has a talent. Can we just agree that nothing about these guys' ideals are right? Because they're not. You shouldn't be thinking about women in that way. You shouldn't be trying to get women through your job, abusing your position as a casting director. It's all wrong. And however you tart it up for me, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to agree that they haven't done something wrong here because they have. Okay? I agree with you. I agree with you 1,000%. But let me ask you this question, which I think is funny. If this was if this was a rom-com and that was... Um, Paul Rudd and somebody else. That's um, a different story. Really like, it would be a completely different scenario. But, yeah, it's entirely. You know. No, yeah. it is. No, yeah. actually, I would disagree yeah. with you there because I know. Yeah. No, I would disagree with you because I do call that out in films. Years ago, I used to love Love Actually. And now I look at it and go, Jesus fucking Christ. What a horrible film with horrible people with horrible morals and horrible ideals. So no, I, th- I think I, I think I'd still call it out. Yeah, don't ruin like everyone's like good time when Chris when Chris announces his pick for his extreme film. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yes, everyone, love actually is coming up. Well done, fair. Another spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, no, 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 you are right. They are absolutely terrible people. It is a terrible. What they are doing is terrible. And it's really bizarre that we watch it. And again, I think this is another thing that's really bizarre. Like, we as the audience know what they are doing. And then they do the old audition scene as a comedy sketch, right? Everything Mm -hmm. about that is a comedy sketch. Like, from the things that are being said. But then, like, they just slip in the most, like, bizarre questions. Like, oh, would you have sex with a stranger? And you're like, oh, that seems a little bit out of place. And then, oh, I tried to kill my, like, one of the girls, oh, this is from where I tried to kill myself. And you're like, whoa. But because it's like this comedy going on with like then these interjections of like, this doesn't feel right in this part. Which, uh, which is probably building you up for what's about to come. Building you up, yeah. It's, it, yeah. But it is all very misleading as the start of the film. And then we get to actually finally, finally meet Asami, who I find 
absolutely captivating. I don't know what it is about her. There's something about like the politeness and the sweetness of her uh, as that character that I'm just like, oh, this girl's incredible. Like she's such a beautiful, kind spirit. She's so warm. And I feel like she's come from something dark and she's got through it and it's made her a better person. Okay. It's made her a better fucking psychopath. Yeah. Um, but she's great. Like, and I love like just like the way like you know like when they do question her and she just like she's got an instant answer. Like she's prepared. She's prepared. She's prepared. She's like a true professional when it comes down to misleading someone. Mm-hmm. And she's very weird. Like the whole when we get to the scene where like, oh, sorry, what is weird is to me. When the father goes home to his son, he's like, oh, I've got to tell you something. And the son's like, oh, you've got a girlfriend, ain't you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, have you proposed to her yet? And he's like, no, I'm going to take her away and propose to her tonight. And then I'll let you meet her. I'm like, what kind of weird fucking shit relationship is this? I don't know if this is kind of a, an arrangement thing, because he said before, are you looking to have an arranged marriage? So I don't know if this is some sort of cultural thing that we're missing here. I don't know. I think well, we're, I you... think there'll, there'll probably be a thing where... The parent in Japan afforded far more respect. So it'll be a case of no, this is my wife. You will meet her when you will meet her seen as because your opinion of her isn't also, isn't a thing. We're also overlooking the fact that the son literally wants to get him married so he can have better food. That is his sole reason for his dad wanting to get married. <laughs> that is true. And they've got a very weird kind of setup. I, I couldn't work out whether that was a maid or his sister. <laughs> but then before we get to that bedroom scene, we have, like, probably, like, one of the, the first, like, for me, like, a scene where you go, this is so fucking weird. And it's be- when he's deciding to call her for the first time. Mm. And we just get that shot of her kind of knelt on the floor with a telephone and a sack. And you just like, but it's a really quick, it kind of comes and goes quite quickly that first time. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, and then when he actually does ring her, and that smile, like she's got her head down, and that smile that just creeps on her face. Mm. Are you like, this is so weird? And then the bag throws itself across the room. Are you like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and you're like, suddenly this beautiful, warm, gracious person scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Like she literally scares me because. You know, I think you see it in films a lot, like, you know, the the transition from people being, like, nice to crazy yeah. or, bad. or bad. But she's, but she's just, bad. like, so, like, perfect at that transition. Like, mm. it doesn't, I, I can't, it, you don't even realise she's changing until she's changed. And you're like, oh, my God, this is terrifying, if that makes sense. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have the scene, like, when, um, when they're in the hotel, and it's this entire scene where she he, she takes her clothes off and she gets in bed and then she's like no leave your clothes on but come to me and you're like she's literally at this point in time like that power that like we believe he had at the start as the man who's auditioning these women as a role as his wife as almost as his belonging is being completely controlled by this woman who's like I'll decide when you take your clothes off but mm. without any kind of like forcefulness, just like just a come to me. It's all calm and 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 it's weird. It's all it's like David. It's like watching a David Lynch film at some point where you're just like I just don't fully understand what's going on. 
when she kept saying, love me, but love only me, only me, and you're like, does she literally mean nobody else? Not your son, not your dog, or is she saying, just love me? What do you think? She's saying me and only me, because clearly by the time we get, not the one to jump to the end, but when we do, when we do get to the end, and there's, and she's saying about him loving his, loving his son, and he's saying, oh no, you love your son, and I'm like, you're supposed to love only me, only me, so clearly, she mean, it's just her mm. and her alone. It's just weird, isn't it? The weirdness, like, the, and the strength, like, it's weird because it's, it's like, she's crying, and it's quite, like, you know, it's almost like she's pleading him to just love her, but almost like a warning of just, you can only love me. Mm. And it's this weird kind of like trying to, the balance between the character. And I find it so like difficult to get on board with. And then what I love is they do the deed. He wakes up and she's fucked off. <laughs> she's done one and left him. I like the fact that, I like the fact that the reception. Done that there, sir. Come on. I bet you haven't had a reception phone up. They'll tell you they fucked <laughs> That is, I mean, I would love that myself. Yeah, the person you've come with has done one. Uh, do you still want to stay? Um, probably not, no. Um, but then it's like, then and then we start like getting into really weird territory, like See, when he's trying to find her. I quite, I quite enjoyed this. I know obviously it seems that to take a while before we get to the payoff at the end. I quite enjoyed the kind of odd detective chasing investigation kind of there. Yeah, yeah. And we're interested, and and the the meeting of the different characters, and like getting these backstories, and then us placing things together. Like for example, when he goes to the bar that she worked at, and he's like, "the the order's dead. She's been dead for a year or whatever." And it's really weird because when they found her, there was like a tongue, two extra fingers, and an ear there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Okay, great. Where did they come from?" But automatically we're going, "That's got to have got something to do with the Sammy, right?" Yeah automatically we assume that and then we see the um who you know who i believe was a ballet teacher but then like he had these weird feet the wheelchair guy and then i'm like is it a dad is it a stepdad i I thought we were a teacher so did i but then we have these really weird moments like where like she's like her legs have been put on that might be later on it is later on, isn't it? The, the yeah. him yeah. sexy crawling to a small child with a leg spread open. And you're like, that, that, that's obviously where her trauma comes from. And that's, in my eyes, the way she is the way she is. Because she's been abused when she was younger. But there's loads of really trippy bits later on where you're not sure what's... What's reality and yeah. what's not. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sure, I believe that with him being there, she must have been she must have been abused in some way at some point. Well you saw the marks on the legs yeah. as well. So you know that they're real because he saw them when they were in the hotel room. So that must have happened. We did, yeah. But then I don't know like sometimes like how much of the film is real <laughs> because when he gets home after not finding a summer and she's like, you know, poisoned his drink and he passes out. Oh we see the poor little dead doggo. But when he passes out, he then starts having these hallucinations, but they take place in the rooms that we've seen only her in. So he sees the vision of the man in the sack and the telephone and the man getting out of the sack and he's missing his fingers and his tongue and his ear. Uh, and then the Sammy's feeding him her own vomit, which is beautiful. I know I know. I said I'd have been disgusted if any of us went to slaughtered vomit dolls, but it works okay in this, okay? I'm not a hypocrite. 
that could literally be, though, an accumulation of his findings and he's piecing it together in his head in his delirious state. So he's being told that this body was found with all these extra parts and, you know, he's being told from the ballet teacher what, she, you know, what happens. So I think he's probably just going to get it mixed up in his head. I don't know, because, I mean, where would he pull, like, oh, he's feeding the vomit, she's feeding the vomit. Where would he possibly pull that from? Yeah. We, I'd give any indication at any point. And My mind goes weird places when I just turn it off, do you know what I mean? How did he envision the exact room with the phone and the sack? I you know think what you, I mean? like, you maybe have to suspend some disbelief and figure that might just be a budget thing when they didn't have yeah. a different room yeah. to film in. Or... But, the, but like to me, it, it does make you sometimes question like how, mu- how, how much is the reality that he's living and how much is her reality? Yeah. What it's not actually happening. It's her crazed reality. Okay. Um, and actually, she's still sat waiting for that phone call in that room. Just, this is like when the film like comes extreme, right? Because mm. we're going to super torture, and it's not nice at all. It's not pretty. It's not fun, and it's definitely wince-inducing. The injection in the tongue is a bit... Ooh. Just a little mm. bit. I mean, I love needles, so that's fine. Um, but then, like, the the first acupuncture uh, with the Britney Spears lyrics, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> um, but I you know what I mean? I, I thought it would get it, get it. It is get it, get it, but it sounds right. like kitty, kitty. Okay. And she sounds like she's saying kitty, kitty. And she's not saying kitty, kitty, but put them together and we've got a new Britney song. Uh, we've got Britney vs. Asama. Nice. Um, and they're just going to sing that back and forth at each other. But no, we've got that, and then we've got the ones that like look like they're in the eyes. Mm. But for me, like the the pierce de resistance of absolute disgustingness, and even though we don't really see it that much, is the piano wire around the legs as she's like pulling it back and forth, and she's just so happy and joyous about everything she's doing, and you're just like, this is wrong. Japanese filmmakers love piano wire as a, what do you call it? Torture device? As a, yeah. As a weapon. I see so many films where it's used. Why? I mean, I guess it's gross and it slices through skin, so that would, that would be the reason why. I guess we could easily get hold of it. It As you say, it does a lot of damage. Yeah. Anyone can buy piano wire. You don't need ID, do you? I mean, I don't know if that's true. You might do after seeing (laughs) films like this. I did go mention his son coming in. When he when, when he comes back and he go, there's his dad laying there with needles under his eyes and in rest of him, his foot off, and his son rushes over and goes, Dad, are you okay? <laughs> it's almost as bad as final destination. Someone call an ambulance. <laughs> to be fair, out of the entire film, the one thing I could have done with less of is the son. The weird dinosaur subplot. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? I must know everything about this subject. There's a new dinosaur I've been discovered. I was, I've got so much to learn. When yeah, this a Jurassic, weird. Rocks of a Jurassic World 4. Thanks. Although, without the sun, we wouldn't have an ending to the film. A True. positive ending to the film, would we? There, should, there shouldn't be a positive ending. But I, um, I, I do I like do, the fact... Oh. Sorry, I was just going to say, I do love at the end that she is, as she's dying, because obviously she gets kicked down the, kicked down the stairs thrown down the stairs by the sun and breaks her neck. Um, the horrible gargling that comes from her neck yeah. is ugh, awful. But it's the fact that she's reciting the line she said to him before. So just showing that anything he thought meant something never did. 
never did. Yeah, I got so I was thinking that, and I was also just thinking like she's like again back to that professionalism of her, which is this is how I run things. I think obviously in my mind it's like did something go wrong at that point, which is why she's gone back to them lines to try and go this is what it should have been. Let me move forward. Uh, but I again still don't know whether what like what parts were real and what weren't. Like some a part of me just believes that none of this happened. Okay, I mean and that's it. That's an interesting take on it for sure. Just because, yeah, but purely because of the way he responded and everything that happened with him, almost makes me just believe that yeah, I don't I don't get how some of it could have. Happened. I I saw it myself as very straightforward. As in, uh, he wanted a wife. He did a horrible thing by auditioning someone. He learned, you know, fuck around and find out. He did. She's messed up from abuse as a child and it all accumulates in that end scene. And that's literally what it was for me. That's how I saw it. So it's, it is interesting that you think it could be. It's just those weird trivia. If, if we didn't have those flashbacks that seem to make no no sense, you wouldn't it'd be a straight lady straight linear narrative but yeah because they're there it just you have to ask why why are they there in the th- if they're not supposed to mean something then why why even why are they there yeah 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 just, either way oh. sorry just before just before you say anything else, i do just want to mention his friend who although although he's although he's awful told him again and again and again and again and again don't get involved with a woman i've got a suspicion something's wrong don't do anything with her. Never has one man been so right but so ignored. Yes, you should listen to your friends. That's the lesson we take away from this one. Listen to your friends, people. Well, I'm I'm just going to end it and just say, uh, I just think I love audition because it's build up to its extremity makes the extremeness feel a lot more extreme in its extremity. So... <laughs> Extreme horror, extreme. No, it does. I think the build-up leading to the extreme creates more of an impact than you would expect without it actually being overtly grotesque or mm. overtly, you know, August Underground extreme. Uh, and I think it does a fantastic job. And I think that's why Audition deserves to win the best extreme film. On to my extreme choice now. I have gone for 2007's Funny Games. The remake, yes. Don't come at me. I prefer the remake. I've only watched the original once. I just prefer the remake. I think it's Tim Roth. I love Tim Roth as a great actor. Uh, but yeah, so um, family go away to their holiday home and are met on their way by their neighbours and they've got two kids with them who they've never seen before. Everything's seeming a little bit dodgy. Uh, they get to their house and one of the guys turns up to borrow some eggs and it's it feels sinister from the off. They don't trust this person. He breaks the eggs. He asks for more. It becomes a bit of a, a power struggle situation. And it turns out that the, the kids are there for uh, destruction, basically, and to fuck up their good time and fuck up their good time. They do. Normally, I'd stay away from a Naomi Watts vehicle. Not the biggest fan, but love her in this. Love Tim Roth in this. Love, what's his name, Michael Pitt in this. Love the kid in this. All performances, fantastic, disturbing. 
grueling and uh yeah it's it's a messed up what i would consider to be extreme film any thoughts from the off you know i like to give people a chance to talk before i start launching into my from the start of the film um i am not on board with like tim roth naomi watts and this kid as a family there's just something like do you know the car scene when they're traveling mm-hmm. it's just everything about that scene just fe- feels really like forced really well, like I they're th- really trying to I be think, this i think that's the point of it for me because we are seeing this family that's super cultured into classical music considers themselves to have an air about them so right off it, I get the impression that they think they're better than most people because of what they choose to do in terms of having this lavish, very expensive holiday home. Um, and when we get the interjection, is that the right word? Am I thinking that's the right word? With the with the, the, with the music? With the music, yeah. yeah. So, so when the heavy metal music kicks in, that's showing the torturous side of things and how they fit against the backdrop of this ridiculously beautiful setting. Yeah, the juxtaposition of this yes. beautiful countryside against this absolute all over the place beat from this whoever they whoever they are. I'm not. Yeah, we're not, we're not actually I'm, sure who they are. That's I, thing. I love, you know, I love all music. I don't know, but even that was too weird. That's too weird for me. I'm not going to go to check it them. This out. that that does actually it is actually one of my favourite things about the film is how much it pushes a situation. So with the music, it carries on for a bit too long when you've got like the torture scenes that you're just looking at it for a bit longer than you would like. The aftermath, you're forced to deal with it for way longer than you would in another film. And I like that it pushes it that bit further. But back to your point about it being forced, I do think it's forced for that reason. They've got that artifice of being this well-to-do, together, family. Every, everything just is so spotless. Everything's perfect. It's about to get messed up horribly. Your thoughts at this point? I know most said he didn't get them as a family by as the family unit. But like you said, I don't think it's supposed to be this together whole this whole oh, look how perfect their their lives are. They're supposed to be that kind of clearly there's something wrong running through that their society mm. and when the two when the two arrive and start their campaign of absolute chaos and nastiness it's just show it's like yeah they they are the face of the problems in their they would rather do one of them's rather do himself anyway the, you, you're told that he is yeah but the way he speaks you'd assume he you'd assume he is yeah and that's just that that's part of that nastiness that can run through or say Cameron through rich people. We know rich people often get rich, not not via you don't get rich being nice. So they're just, they're just representative of the problems and the nastiness of rich people. Okay. Fair enough. I have a huge problem with this film. Okay. A really big problem. And it's the amount of fucking lettuce that Naomi Watts is washing for their dinner. I can't deal with it. There's a sink full of lettuce, an actual deep ass sink with what looks like enough lettuce to start a fucking rabbit farm. I just don't. I'm so angry at him. She's health conscious. It's wasteful. She's health conscious. 
So after that point, I turned the film off. Right. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I didn't. Yeah, the the guys that play the torturers, because again, they change the names throughout the film. The list of down on IMDb is Paul and Peter, uh, Michael Pitt and Brady Corbett. But they do actually take on like Tom and Jerry throughout the film and they just give each other fake names back and forth. So I don't think you ever really know what their actual names are. He calls him um, Tubber a lot, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Tubber? Yeah, yeah, which is unnecessary because that boy is not Tubber at all. <laughs> it's a... No, he's not. No. Um, I, like I, think, I think that's just to show his position of power and that yeah. he is the lead and that that's why he's coming out with what he's coming out with. I think we get to see his position of power quite a lot in in some pretty unique ways for yes. kind of like a horror film, I would guess. The, the start of it all where they got to borrow the eggs and they drop them, that in itself is putting them in a position of power because she's bowing to it and she's getting them more eggs and she's she's doing what they want, essentially. And when he whacks in with the... With the I mean, oh, oh. The dog dies in this one as well, sadly. I mean, you, thankfully, you don't get to see it. You do get to see the dead dog, but you don't get to see it happen. But you know, he's gone out there with the with the club to beat it to death. I just when they find the dog, I don't. Want, obviously, I'm assuming it's it's a puff. It's a puppet. It's a puppet. The way, if not, the way that dog falls out of the falls out of the boot. Deserves all the all the plaudits for his acting. No, no, it's definitely a puppet. The, the the scenes the scenes are uncomfortable to watch. I think when they're torturing them because they they take the time with it. It's nothing so quick in getting out. It's prolonged, and that's what makes it worse. I find the torture less disturbing than the sickly kind of sweet behaviors that they display. So they the two guys are like overtly kind of nice and 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 they really don't like it when they lose the tempo because it's almost like a power loss mm-hmm. to them but there's something very sickly about like how they try to like be nice if that makes sense do you think so, it's maybe convincing themselves that they aren't actually the bad guys the villains yeah so, sure, so by by maintain by maintaining this air of politeness they are essentially still being true to what that if they are, if they do come from rich families, they're staying true to what their society has taught them to behave like. So whilst they're putting that in place, they might not see it that they're doing anything wrong. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I don't know. I can't. I can't. It's too deep for me. It's just too deep. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. The fourth wall breaks as well. I absolutely adore in this film. I think that's the power display because I think so for for most films that we watch the director the story a lot of things will indicate or let us believe that the the protagonist will survive this because it's always a story from ultimately it becomes their point of view whereas in this film he stops to literally talk to us as an audience letting us know I have got con- control of everything that's happening right now well, over the situation and over you as the viewer apparently not so I read upon it and apparently it's that um, they're talking to you because you are complicit in what you're watching and they're like what you wanted this violence look at this violence look at what we're doing and you're still watching so it's involving you in it so therefore you become just as bad as them 
because you are watching it for pleasure's sake. You're not taking your eyes away from it. And that's why when they come to the essentially the break where they leave them after the kid's been shot, rest in peace, you are still forced to watch the aftermath of that because if it's good enough for you to watch the violence, it's good enough for you to watch the effects of it afterwards. And that's what makes me, as as a as a viewer, believe that it's him displaying his power because literally he's saying, yeah, you wanted this, watch this, mm-hmm. and then we still are forced to watch it. So I still, my take on it, regardless of what Michael Henneke says or any of these bastards who right. are involved the director, in film, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my take is that his is him having complete power over the scenario, the people in the film, and us as the viewer. I'm not saying you can't see it like that. You know, that's absolutely fair enough. And, you know, it, it's a good way to look at it. I'm, it was literally just that that's what they'd said. Who's there? Henneke. Yeah, he didn't say that at all. He did. You can look it up. <laughs> you can look it up. Um, so before, before, before little George gets off to bless him, um, again, we don't see that on camera, which I'm quite thankful for and that's why I'm saying I, I don't I don't think my pick is extreme as it could be because I think a lot of stuff you see happen off camera which I'm which I like because it's the situation is uncomfortable enough as it is and I think adding a gunshot blast to the chest or clubbing a dog to death would just make it quite unwatchable it would, it would be it'd be a weird tonal shift to have yeah this sense of dread and this whole kind of calm weirdly calm vibe about the entire film to then suddenly have a gore shot of a yeah. kid being shot. But before he gets off blessing, he manages to escape for a little bit. I find that scene so horribly tense when he's walking around the neighbour's house, hiding from him. He's been so smart as to even take off his wet clothing so that he's not leaving footprints throughout the house for him to find him. And he just it just seems so... It, it's, it's that Eden Lake effect when you've tried so hard to get away from someone and yet it's just for nothing. You're back in the situation you were. And that poor little boy, that's what happened to him. I love you going to that part first and completely skipped over the part that I think does make this film feel very extreme. And it's the moment when um, Paul, Peter, Michael Pitt has got the boy's head in the pillowcase, mm. ragging it back and saying to telling Naomi Campbell to take her clothes off, and she Naomi Watts. And then, Naomi Watts. <laughs> no, I mean, a... I'm just, yeah. I'm just recasting it the way I wanted it. Okay? Fair enough. That cameo came out absolutely nowhere. <laughs> no, she just walked off through a telephone at her and then fucked off. Um, that moment though, and then when when she's not doing it, and he's saying to Tim Roth's character, "Tell your wife to take her clothes off." Mm. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt your child. Uh, and that, to me, is totally extreme because we're pitting like this family relationship against each other. Yeah. And somebody's going to have to do something or say something that ultimately it doesn't happen in this movie, which is quite shocking. But like it, you would imagine it to have a, a complete ripple effect on on any relationship these have after. And again, that. Like to me, that's totally extreme. It's not just like playing with somebody or the threat of death. It's also like even if you got out of this, you will never be the same again with each other because he's taken our side and made you do something that you really don't want to do. Mm. But then Naomi, I'm going to call her 
Campbell again. What? Told told what's face, you know. Oh, I definitely saw her in London, by the way. Definitely saw her. Yeah, whatever. You People don't believe me. I saw her. I swear to God. And Diana was being filmed at the time. Coincidence? I think not. But carry on. But I think that. And I also love um, the whole concept of let's make a bet with you. By nine o'clock tomorrow, you'll all be dead. To me, presenting a family with that, yeah, because even as a family, you would want to believe that these horrible people who are torturing you right now might at least let your child survive. Mm. And, you know, you might put up less of a fight or less of a struggle, whatever, to keep your child safe. But then being like, all three of you will be dead. It's like, oh, shit. You've like, they've got like the hope factor for any survivals like taken away. It's mm. I, I really enjoy that kind of like bleakness of it. The the one thing I don't fully understand, and I maybe should have looked this up, is the fact that they do give them sort of a chance to get away. So after the kid's being shot, um, Naomi Watts th- tries to get a phone working to make a call to the police, tries to get away onto the road. They give them that chance to do it, and there is nothing to say that when that first van came past, she couldn't have just got in that van. So what would have happened then? So two things. I think it's answered later on in the film why, but for, first of all, power. In his mind, he believes that nothing that they do is going to change the outcome of the scenario. Mm-hmm. They are always going to win. They are always going to take back control of that family. And if we think about the fact that Naomi Watts does get captured, does get brought back, and we have that scene where she grabs the gun and shoots one of the boys, and mm-hmm. he's like, fuck, fuck that's, that's not, the, not plan. the plan, and gets a remote control and rewinds the entire situation mm-hmm. so that it plans out the way he wants it to go. Mm. So even if, you know, I'm not, obviously that's like so bizarre, like, but even if like in the earlier scenes you'd have got in that first van, it would have probably had a way to reverse that. Yeah, yeah. They're never going to win. That's also why I said about the sense of power before because the fact that because something didn't go his way he rewound it and changed the outcome because mm. he is in control he is in charge of that situation so yeah the fact that no- the fact that nothing you do is going to change awful things happening to you is ble- <laughs> that's yeah. that extremely ble- extreme I, bleakness i love the bleakness i'm a fan of the bleakness you know this but yeah we we always end up with tim roth Parking it, getting shot again, um, playing a game where she has to say... Oh, it's when she had to recite the prayer. Yeah, yeah she had to recite, recite the, the prayer. prayer. And um, then they get her on a boat and take her out and just the <laughs> the complete nonchalance of yeah. it all. Just, just like, push her over. Just nudging <laughs> her. Jesus. There's no feeling to it. There's no remorse to it. It's... It's just cold, but really the fact, cold. The fact they then go to that next house clip clearly shows... With the intention to yeah, do it all yeah. over again. There's, it must be they're going all out in a one-time... This isn't something they must be doing over and over again. It's got to be a one-time thing they're going to go and do. Yeah, it's not, that's for the third house they've moved on yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, as soon as, as, soon as people realise that they haven't seen Tim Roth, Tim Roth for a week, mm. and they go there and find the shot dead, and they find Naomi Watson, the in the lake yeah it's gonna people are gonna start asking questions so and i imagine those houses 
they've all got a house where you don't have CCTV, I imagine, set up around, set up around them. Through that. I don't know, though, because I, I imagine they're the sort of houses that their families don't bother to put the CCTV on because yeah. there's such well-to-do areas that they actually believe that they're safe. No, I mean, they do they still have massive security, big security gates and gate, gated community there, though, so I imagine... I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but once once they're within that community, that's what I mean. Yeah, they, I they've got no, they don't believe anything like that could possibly ever happen. No, I think if, why would I you let a stranger into your house? I think if you had that much money, you'd probably still secure. I mean, if we go that way, then with it being a community, you'd expect you'd expect security to at least be sweeping the area on a regular basis to keep an eye on things. Mm. Well, yeah, but you'd also expect that if someone broke into your house, you'd probably have a panic button in these kind of extreme situations, wouldn't you? I just don't think they're that well-versed. I think I, I actually do think what you were saying at the start about the wealthiness and the culture, that they're surrounded by their own. Like, that entire place is a rich like it's rich people who were there isn't it and they're mm-hmm. not like just next door neighbours like there's quite a distance between the houses so I, I just think they feel safe um, what I would say is um, I like the idea of the ending of the film I also find it a little bit dull because we know that's what the ending of the film's going to be if that makes sense I, I would disagree the- because as I said before it's it goes out with a whimper and I think that's more that's more affecting than if it went out with a bang because like like Chris says it, it, it's literally a situation where there is no good outcome for him yeah you know what's going to happen but it doesn't make it any less not it, it doesn't affect you any less to see it no I think, I think the point Mercer just making though is if you know where the film's going to go and it's signposted so clear I mean let's say it looks it looks like it's going to go that way at the start and then after they do the rewind bit when he gets shot. At that point, you got like another twenty minutes or whatever it is, twenty-five minutes to go, and you know how the film's gonna. You know how the film's gonna end. You know, there's no. You know, there's gonna be no way that there's gonna be any last minute reprieve anyway. Mm. So any tension that was left is completely removed. But, 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 I, but, I, but I think it, I think it's still just as horrifying that that's the situation because these children and they are children have gone to such lengths to ensure that that's the case. So, no, I, I think it's just as bad. No, not, think, no, no, what I'm... Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, we're not, I'm not saying, we're not saying it's not It's not horrifying, it's not awful. I understand that, but like, I don't I don't think it's as a disappointing ending for me. I don't think it's a flat ending. No, I think it, it makes you question how these children can do what they do and get away with it. I like I like the ending. I like the film, but all we're saying is, so if, what saying? all we're saying is, if you have the, if you have this level of te- if you have have the, a level of tension yeah. for our film, and then you show that there's absolutely that you know how it's going to end, and there's absolutely no way it's not going to end like that, you then just completely remove. Why that does tension. there have to be tension? Why can't it just be enjoyed for the bleak fest it is? But that film is tense. That film is tense from when yeah, they arrive. So, but why? Why do you have to, but with any film? Why do you have to have tension the whole way through? Why do you have to have it? Why can't it just well, be what it is? I just want to say that my favourite part of Funny Games is the tension that was just created by me saying I thought the ending was a bit dull. Are you two getting into this tense conversation? You said dull uh, and not full attention. No, I said dull. I, I will I will back it up. I, I thought 
the from the moment um we got onto the boat mm. with Naomi Watts, I I then lost my interest because right, I didn't. I knew, yeah. So no, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just like there was no need for me to be. I didn't need to be a hundred percent invested anymore because I knew where they were going, and but, I knew but, Naomi Watts was going to die. In, so the, in lost, the same. In the same way that you're left with the aftermath of what happens midway through the film, when you are forced to look at what they what they've been left with, you know, broken bones and all that kind of shit, it's exactly the same at the end. She's gone, and now you're forced to look at this reality where it didn't pan out for them, where the whole family are dead, and now they're going to do it to someone else. And it it might not be as exciting as like going out on a jump scare or whatever. But it's still you're still left with the weight of that fuck. This is going to happen all over again. Definitely not saying that it should have ended on a jump scare. I know. I'm just giving you an example. But, no, no, no. But what I am saying is, as as the viewer, as the viewer that they want me to be, the voyeuristic viewer who's watching everything that's happened. Yeah. I just lost interest in what had happened because I knew what was going to happen now. But no, so that, yeah. my interest was peaked. My interest was peaked at the at, at like the the most tense part of the films, which is where she gets to escape and they get her old bike, blah blah blah. And there's an element of oh, actually, this could go either way. So that's right, where my so... interest was peaked. So when I lost that, oh, I know what's going to happen. I'm not saying it was terrible. What I'm saying is just the investment I had lessened. That's fair. That's fair enough. I'm just thinking that again. It came to the ending, and we were forced to deal with the aftermath just like we were midway through the film. That's what it was for me. You've had all the violence. Now look at what comes after. That's how I saw it. The start. The middle. Well, the start of the same scenario. And I'm, yeah, that's not, yeah. That's not, that's not a criticism, sorry, just to be clear. Yeah. But it's the start of the next story, which is the next victims. Yes. And again, yes. I get that. I guess it's probably just the... the Again, probably because we saw the end of one victim, not the full end, but we saw the end towards the end of what was going to happen with one family as they moved to the next. So we, we knew what was going on. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying as far as interest. Yeah. I think, you know, films, all films probably want to keep your interest or keep you guessing as much as possible right up to the end. And I think once the reveal happens, like with any film, like think of Scream, think of any film. Once you get your reveal and you know what the ending is going to be, you relax down a bit. The problem with this one is you relax down with a good 10, 15 minutes left. No, her getting thrown off the boat, then going to the next family is only about five minutes. Oh, it's after the it's after the rewind part. Right. Okay. Where I go, oh, I know now how this is going to end. There's no there's no doubt in it. I wouldn't, agree, I, wouldn't agree, I wouldn't agree myself, but that's, you know, everyone's take. So That's why we have opinions. Mm-hmm. I like you look, re- you look really Everybody has one. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just don't agree with what you said. That's all. Just don't agree. But again, that's my opinion on it. No hit. Come on, guys. You don't have to make this awkward. You, do you want to sum up why you look funny, guys? You want it to be? The- I, I think it speaks for itself, to be quite honest. I mean, I doubt we're going to get that sort of discussion from your pick. We've not had that discussion from your pick. I think it's it's brought up some some interesting points and real discussion about it, and I think that's what it's set out to do. 
that's the lens it puts on you. It it, it makes you as part of the film as they are. And yeah, that's I think what, that's what's just happened. I love the fact that they were like, no hate, no hate, but your You're film in. shit and your film shit. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, is that it's brought up an interesting discourse. And I don't think we're going to, we haven't had that in audition. I don't think we're going to get it from the next one. No hate, just, just saying genuinely. I th- that's why I think it speaks for itself. I think, no, Funny Games is amazing. I fucking, I kind of, when I was watching it the other night, I could not believe I had let myself go so many years without re-watching it because the minute it started and I knew that music was going to kick in, like it, like it does in Cabin in the Woods where it's just like a blast out of nowhere. I thought, yeah, this is, this is fucking great. This is a brilliant film. So yeah, vote for Funny Games because it's awesome. Okay, so my choice now, the best extreme horror. I know you, I know you said, both said we've not gone to the extreme end of things really with vomit and violence that's that's about the change slightly yeah as we do richard curtis's love actually <laughs> bab winner right there <laughs> no we go to swim so we're not that bad somewhere where there's people of a different race so we are yeah. going to frank calhoun directed elijah wood starring maniac whoop in fucking deed mercer hasn't whooped so i don't know mercer's opinions mercer has kept a completely static face he's just being chill that's all it is he's just he's just being chill he's trying to out chill me it's not gonna happen not sure is he does he's staying chilled over what he doesn't love about the extreme violence slick gorgeous looking spectacular soundtrack Driven stolen in, stolen soundtrack stolen soundtracks. Thank you. Um, it features a song from it features the most famous song from Silence of the Lambs. So it does feature, but yeah, an absolutely pounding soundtrack with Elijah Wood giving an absolute brilliant performance. Considering we don't actually see him apart from his reflection, yeah. Since the entire film is shot from his point of view in the same way that we have funny guys making us complicit we're there forced to watch his viewpoint of the violence the whole way through mm-hmm. as he essentially slaughters his way across the city scalping women to make his own bizarre family unit slash friendship group slash obsessive collectiveness of the mannequin in the store that he owns and runs. Another uh, remake for the episode as well. It is another remake for the episode. I almost feel like we're doing the remakes episode again. (laughs) No. (laughs) At least one of us is original. As I say, violence, ultra violent, but not, there's there's obviously a gratuitous nature with violence anyway when it's on screen, Mm. but I feel this isn't isn't that it's it's nasty and it's vicious thus to show us his how nasty and vicious and lose loss of control elijah wood yeah has it's not the same there's not claret splashing around everywhere because to be fair most of the actual kills are fairly blo- fairly bloodless and most fairly bloodless 
but uber violent. Uber, yes, uber yeah, violent. The, but... the first kill is literally a, a knife through the mouth, yeah. through the, the bottom of the jaw and up, which is brilliant, by the way. It's, I love that killing. It's this, it's this stylized, ultra-violent. But as I say, there's not the need for massive buckets of claret splattering all over the screen. No, but blood does not does not make only an extreme film. No, but... it's got some horrible moments in it. It's like more so than our two. Um, it's it's awful in it, places. It has. But I'm just saying that the nature of the killings a shot rather than just be extreme for just throwing blood and violence on screen. Mm. They're there and shot in a way that has maximum impact and makes it just develops his character and his loss of control and his vicious nature rather than just shot the shot value having blood yeah. explode everywhere. I mean the, the thing with Maniac as well is you can you can take a sympathetic like with audition, um not with funny games at all, you can take a sympathetic view of it because of what he went through as a child, although if seeing your mum have sex has have sex fucks you up that bad, you're probably not stable in the first place. Probably. Also just hop into what you just said. We actually don't know the backstory of the the two guys from Funny Games, which is yeah why you can't mm. relate as much. We get them fake backstories, but we don't get a real backstory. No. Um, I also want to just what you said about the voyeuristic, like the like it's really weird because obviously Funny Games is telling us that we are the voyeurs it, it, they explicitly say to us you are voyeuristic mm-hmm. whereas this one obviously just films it from first person so it's almost like this one's not giving us a choice at all but to be voyeuristic but it's funny because the very first thing i wrote down is i really like the voyeuristic approach that we we've got when we're mm. watching them people from afar because because obviously I'm a weirdo, uh, <laughs> but also because I don't know, it's like weird. Like you know, this it this makes it almost feel like this is my choice. You kind it's it sounds weird as well, but you kind of get more in his headspace, even though you don't hear what he's thinking. It's not, it's a low. We've not gone full peep show. We've made that. <laughs> Although we don't hear what he's thinking when he's actually watching watching him walk along, and he's like, and he's just watching him, and he's like, and she turns around, she clocks him. It's like, oh, I know where you live. And it's, you'd see, getting that headspace where you're like, okay, yeah, you know, he's there watching them from a distance. He knows he's been clocked. He knows it doesn't matter because he'll get his chance anyway with with them. And he's like two different people, right? I mean, obviously yeah. he's not two different people, but mm. like when he's stalking them, he's got this like, yeah, yeah, I know, you're sexy, I watch you. Kind of like really gruff kind of <laughs> But then when he's interacting with people, he's definitely like meeker and like... Yeah, a lot more because, because it's not killing, it's, it's, it's having to have a normal interaction. I think that's what it is. When, he, when he's killing and when he's um, stalking them, essentially, that that's... He knows how to do that. He knows how to do that well. He doesn't know how to mix with everyday people and have normal conversations. So I think that's why he comes across as quite timid. In- I mean, the kind the kind of inferences that he's got, some kind of split personality. Because yeah. he's yeah. later on, he's, argue, he's the very point arguing with, him, arguing with himself. Yeah. I, I think a lot of time he thinks he's arguing with his mother as well, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, or having the conversation with his mother. Also... You said it before, the soundtrack is banging. What I really love about this film is aesthetically, like, until you see them flip the mobiles out, 
I honestly didn't. I thought it was in the eighties. Yeah, like with the soundtrack, the the look of the film, everything about it feels like the eighties. But then we've got this modern twist on it, and it's really fucking. It's kind of jarring because I I like don't know where I am, except that, I do. That could be a nod to the original in keeping it in that eighties aesthetic. Or it could literally be that every film that was coming out around that time did have that neon synth uh, yeah, I mean, tint to it. It's got that seedy underbelly look. Because yeah. you have the, the night when he's driving around and everyone's out partying. And, so, and then he's driving past and you've got the smackheads and the ho- massive piles of homeless people yeah. sleeping on the street. And you got that guy who's wandering around screaming at himself in a massive, massive argument. So you get that, you get that kind. Of, I say you get that kind of slick, mm. that kind of seedy underbelly, which again is that kind of very much that kind of eighties, that eighties sheen over yeah. stuff where where they used to be something like that, where you'd be like, oh look at this, look at these beautiful cities, but look how everyone's a smackhead in it. Yeah, because I also think like with the violence, because it's co-written by Alexander Alexander Arja, yes, who uh, obviously did the Evil Dead remake. And the recent Texas remake, Okoro, or scripted them. I think he writes violence in a way that means that you can't not like produce it or make it look in a certain way, because like the violence he produces is is incredible. Like um, if you think of what he does, like the tongue slicing and stuff like that, the stories, mm. um, the way he writes the violence is pretty brutal. I think. Yeah. Yeah, is in is in deep, but as uh, it's not obviously to say it's not all about the violence. So he's got he has that relationship as well with the photographer, who's Alice. Anna. Anna, that's it. Complete name completely escaped me there. You got it. No, it's fine. We got it back. Do you know why it escaped her? Because she's the most boring fucking human on the planet. That's why it escaped her. There's literally. Not a single interesting, even her art is boring. Everything she does is fucking boring. I, I projected my face on it. Fuck off. I literally thought when she was doing her exhibition, this is what you spent all your time working toward. It is dull as shit. I, it's there boring, is no, right? yeah, so boring. It's yeah. art, art, darling. You it, know? it fucking ain't art. Jesus. It doesn't yeah, because that's why. It, he would have just snapped in the end and tried to kill her anyway. Yeah. Even if she hadn't found out what was going on, sheer boredom would have made him just... I guess that's the thing, though, because, like, if we look at the one girl that we actually see him have another interaction with, which is Jessica, who he goes on the date with in mm. the restaurant, which is an awesome scene, by the way. Um, Just the whole, like, when he starts panicking and the entire restaurant staring at him when they're not, but that kind of, like, subconscious thought that everyone's looking at him. She actually tweeted me last year that last because I put up a picture of the mar- of the uh, maniac poster in our dining room, and okay. uh, she came back of her own free will and went, "Oh, I've never seen this one before." I'm like, "Oh, well, you wouldn't. It's a fright fest original." And I got chatting to her, and she was lovely. His interaction with her as well shows that he is driven not just the kill; he is driven to have that normal relationship because he sends her that photo of himself, mm. that real photo that if he if he went out with and go. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna end the night by killing her. That's quite simply. Let's face it. He's either the worst killer ever, just leaving evidence trail a mile long. Well, it it just wants, to, like you said, he just wants to keep one. He's like, can I keep one? So he is obviously looking for something meaningful, but ultimately, is 
visions, fantasies, whatever you want to call them, take over. I, I think because she's such an opposite as well to Anna. Um, yeah. The, that's probably why his intention like with Anna's or the relationship with Anna is so different because she is so dull. She's not overtly anything. No, I don't mean like yeah. in a bad way, but she's, you know, she's not overtly sexual. She's not overtly friendly. She's not overtly anything. She's just there. So it's probably easy for him to handle. Whereas like the, 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 the other girls, even though we don't even get to see much about the other girls, but there's the, the kind of, projection of like the party girl with the first girl who we see gets killed the dancer girl who obviously puts herself out there so they're like a lot more overt and a lot more I just keep saying overt because I can't <laughs> think of another word extroverted. Um, extroverted is the word that I actually want to use <laughs> but they, they like the, the projection that we get is they're a lot more extroverted and I think we see that fully with like Jessica she's called Jessica isn't she Red Jess, whatever she's called. Yeah. With the like, like she gets him into the house. She's like, you know, let's do this. Um, she pretty much forces herself on him. But he wants no it. That out. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> he does. He tries to reject it. He says he wants to go home. Yeah, but when he, he gets said... down to it, he enjoys it until he strangles her. He says so no. He gets his own back. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. It's funny though, but like because they are, the, and I think that's the, the you know the violence then obviously has to match the character. Right? Mm. Uh, I tell you what is really impressive about that scene is that if you technicality wise, if you see a strangulation scene in a horror, it's just strangled and that's it, and they let go and they're dead. But you actually see the thumbprints that he's left, like purple thumbprints on the neck. And I think from a technical point of view, that's a really good detail to have. I te- the technical point I love is. How much she, how much she misabuses herself, and how much she hates herself. His knuckles. I know, obviously, we see him break the mirror, mm. and it's and it's cut up. But when he goes on that foot, when he strangles her, his knuckles are absolutely fucked on both yeah. hands. They're covered in scratches. They're covered in cuts and bruises. Yeah. He must be punching walls, all the and things, all the time. And muck. He looks mucky, doesn't he? Like yeah. his fingernails are, are mucky. Um, but mind you, when you're ripping someone's scalp off, you probably well, yeah, you get got, a little you bit. You like dry blood underneath there. and stuff, won't Just you? Just mention yeah. how great the scalp is. Yeah, the scalp is amazing, yeah. So, the first death, the knife through the, the bottom of the mouth, that's fucking incredible. But the scalping looks terrible. It looks very CG. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, God, I don't remember it looking that bad. Then the second one, I was like, all right, no, this one's a lot better. The, the one that he does with the agent... I think that's the most brutal of all. It's nasty. He's just ripping. Yeah. But she deserves that because she would be a cunt. <laughs> she were. She would be a right condescending bitch to him. She absolutely deserved that scalping. But again, was she? Or is that all just in his mind? No, she was been a dick. Yeah, but, you know, we've already established the, you know... The room exactly... wasn't going fuzzy. There were no sort of... You can tell when he's having an episode. It looks like he took off his glasses. Um, or when I take off my glasses. But um, no, she was just being horrible to him. It's clear that Norman Bates, talk about mother and a female relationship, because the one person he should have killed, the boyfriend, who is an absolute dick to him, mm. and is genuine. He no, won't, because it's a man. Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. There's no, there's no way, if you're saying she deserved to die, there's no, and she kind of was slightly slightly dickish to him, he comes across and he is an absolute cunt to her. 
him. And he yeah. should have just killed He should have killed him. He should have been the first one to go. But I I'm thought saying. that's what he was going to do. Do you know when he walked into the bathroom? I thought that was the intention of that scene the very first time I saw it. I thought we were going to get a murder there and then. And, 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 but then it would have been too obvious, wouldn't it? I am, I'm here saying he wouldn't because he's a man. And yet he does go on to kill a man. I did say as we were watching it, I do, I, it does have a feel of American Psycho about it. It's, it's, it just feels really similar to it, except whereas you can look at Patrick Bateman and not know what isn't, isn't real. I think with this, you do get a very clear definition of what is yeah. fantasy and what isn't. I love American Psycho too. But... <laughs> I would say you mean mannequins don't come to life and tear them apart at the end of the, at the, end of the film. You know what I mean. Am I going mental? Yes. Is there a Nicky's no. tendon slice? There is. There is. Film? There is. Thank God for that. <laughs> it's when it's when he's under the he's under the car when they're in the, in the car park and she walks past and he slices the slices yes. the tendon. The girl. So she's Jessica actually, not the one that he dates. I've got confused. Sorry everyone for confusing you. It's Jessica, me. She's not the redhead. Jessica. She gets the most violent death, though, I think. I don't know why his rage is so high for her. But, you know, like, when he starts stabbing her, and then he just, like, proper just going in and in and in and in. I think that's quite... So when we talk about extreme, and like you said, bloodless, there's not a lot of blood, but the, the violence behind that is, and the intention's awful. He probably goes to town on her because he's trying so hard not to go to town on Anna. So all that pent-up rage you would have unleashed on her is unleashing on somebody I think, else. I think because it, it, it also takes him ages to get her. Mm. So I think that's part of his frustration because uh. a lot of the kills are fairly... He's chasing... Or not chasing dogs, he's even this Fairly quick, where yeah. she she runs and it takes him ages to actually be able to get hold of her. What city is this set in? It New, doesn't say. Yeah, I, I think New York. No, because... Because when they have the when they have the art gallery and she says, "Did you did have you sold? Was there any interest or have you sold any?" And she said, "No, but the the real money's made in the real money's to be made in New York." Oh, okay. Right. Just because um, it's that poor Jessica ran around that tube station for ages with not a single fucking person. I like I've never seen such an empty bloody tube station before in my life. I think okay. like, I think that's I think that's another one of those kind of. Yeah, you live in a city. You live in a city with millions of people, but everyone's ultimately everyone's really just there on their own, and no one, no one's there to help you because obviously she gets chased down that abandoned train station. The agent just lives in a massive apartment on her own. Mm. So even Deep. even that, obviously they're out. They went to that restaurant with the first day. You're a place full of people, but she invites them back and they're one on one with no one there. Yeah, and I think, I think that's it- kind of a. She actually says the words, it's mine, um, all alone, I've not got no time for sharing anymore, yeah. or something. Like, she just she does present the fact that we are all alone in this world. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> okay. And we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Now, <laughs> you two will definitely have to lead a lot of this conversation, because all I've got going on here is, fuck Anna. Why is Anna so boring? What's the point in this scene with Anna? Um, so what happens? Because she she dulled me up. Um, so it, it basically, um, he goes to the apartment to talk about, she invites him over to talk about the dead agent. 
And when he gets there, there is her gay friend because the boyfriend made it clear she likes hanging out with gay men because that's not a trope. And um, he leaves. He starts talking to Anna and basically says she's blaming herself. And he says, well, you know, she lives like three blocks away or something. It's, and then she clicks like, how do you know where she lives? It's because he, he links he links all the killings together under yeah. one under one person where the police haven't said any, haven't released all details on all of them. There's nothing to say they're linked and he lets slip that it's one person who's done all, who's been going around killing all these women. I think what he actually said is it could be the same guy who has killed these other women. Well, yeah, yeah, but she... Which, 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 I'm not being funny, right, but as people, if there's a bunch of girls getting murdered in your neighbourhood, regardless of what details are being released, you're automatically going to think it could be more than, like, they could be linked, right? And saying she lives three blocks away... Anna jumped to an irrational conclusion. Yes, she was correct, but how she got there was ridiculous. She basically took really. a fucking camera out, took a picture of a piece of wood, and fucking bummed herself with it. Um, but no, it was irrational. It was irrational. Like, her fear was very irrational, I think. It didn't actually say, you know, it didn't say, it, if it had said something like, um, you know, it might be the same guy who killed the other girls, considering that she was scalped, you know, then you'd go, oh, because that's probably something the police won't release because they don't want someone to know. But all he said were, oh, it could be the same guy who, like, who killed these other girls that have died. And she's like, what other girls? He's like, these other girls that have died in the centre. whoop de do. Regardless, the, the film had to end somewhere, and that brings it as a means to the end. because It ended then... when she walked on set. That's when it ended. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not that bad <laughs> she's just boring <laughs> so he, he then goes ahead and like knocks her out kills the gay friend which is really funny because he kills him with a a, a meat cleaver to the mouth considering yeah. he's just got his big break with showing his teeth in an advert he, I thought was quite funny yeah first yeah. time but he doesn't kill him there he actually gets back up and attacks him yeah, with yeah. Yeah. because the first thing I thought well I ain't going to kill you mate it's just going to give you a big ass smile perfect mm-hmm. for commercials um um, but then he gets up with a baseball bat, and then all he does is like slightly tap him with his baseball bat. Do you know what I love? He's asked, he's asked us to fill this in because he didn't know much about it, and yet he's, he's, he's running through, through the whole thing. everything that's happened. Carry on. He absolutely throws him through the door, to be fair. Listen, I'm witnessing a hate crime on the screen. Might mean nothing to you, Fair, because it's just another gay man getting killed. But it means no, Mercer. To me. Mercer, um, <laughs> you, you have about five gear cards you can pull a year, and right now is not one of them, I'm afraid. Yeah. He's used 15 already you, this you, year. Yeah. Do you remember me a copy? Oh, because I'm gay. <gasps> wow, homophobe. Um, <laughs> here's another. Here's another. I've used another. Uh, no, go on. Uh, I do think that that part, though, like the cleaver in the mouth looks fantastic. Mm. But yeah, go on. Carry on. That's what no, you're much, filling in. You asked us to fill in because you didn't know what was happening, but you know what's happening. You had it, you had it in you all along. You just needed to believe in yourself. I just clicked my heels three times. There's no one like Anna. There's no <laughs> one like Anna. <laughs> Please don't let there be anyone like Anna. Um... So Mercer's is very happy at this point because Anna gets a shower curtain wrapped around her head. Yes. And he issues issues that that's curtains for. Oh, oh, but, oh, Chris! I will say, I do think that um, even though I think the character 
is really dull. I think that um, Nora, the girl who plays Anna, does a really good performance. Like, the switch-up, I do think is... I'm, I'm definitely not dissing her. I think her switch-up is fantastic from, like, basic bitch to basic bitch being hunted is right. really good. Yes. No sarcasm there. No, I do yeah. think it is good. Have they get to his place? And she's not dead. No. So she comes out, all guns blazing, uh, stabs, stabs him? Stabs him with the hand, <laughs> with the mannequin hand. Mm. Which is fantastic, because earlier on in the film, when they're friends, and he's working on a model, he goes, oh, can you can you give me a hand? And she's like, yeah, what, what do you want? He's like, no, like an actual hand for the mannequin. So the fact that she stabs him with a hand, like she's actually finally giving him a hand. She's done what he asked. And I love that part. I think it's really clever. But he then does want Anna to be prosecuted for nearly killing the guy whose car she gets into. I do. She wants him. She, so after Anna survived, although she didn't survive, if she had survived all of this, Faye would like the charge of reckless endangerment. She pulls an innocent bystander over on the road, gets into his car, then coerces him to drive into Elijah Wood. He misses, slams into a pole, and he could be dead at that point. And all that poor driver has done is tried to help someone. And she has inadvertently caused his death. Or could have caused his Negligently death. Caused his Negligently caused Negligently. What would have been fantastic is if she'd have got in that car and it was Elijah Wood's undead mother <laughs> driving. Just a mannequin behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not even moving the steering wheel, just the hands placed on top. So when the steering wheel moves, the whole body moves. <laughs> yeah. Weekend at Bernie style. <laughs> so then all the mannequins come to life and rip them to bits. Yeah. Goes all, Pinoc- goes all fucked up Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love the ending scene though. Like open, I love, I love from scalping Anna to him walking through the house carrying the mannequin and all the like the 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 previous victims being like, oh, you're supposed to be mine. Oh, don't bring your new girlfriends. Oh, I kind of love all that um, mm-hmm. that's going on in his head. And I think when they start referring to pieces, it's great. You don't fully understand it's what's been torn going on creations. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on in his head. Is it like because he was that? Was he actually in love with Anna and the fact that he's killed her? It was too much for him. No, I think he's just dying. I and think he's, he's dying. All the things, all the things he's he's done in the past have just come back. They're just manifesting in that way as if they're. Well, I mean, normally they are killing him because his his need to kill and what he's gone and done is normally what's responsible for his. Death. So those mannequins have actually, in their own roundabout way, caused his death. Yeah. And then there's that awful freeze frame of the SWAT tweet team pointing guns at him. That's the part I don't like. It don't make sense. I, I think it. I think him. it just. I think it's just like a segue into what is reality and what is fantasy at that point, and it's a way to bring you out of the fantasy to go. Actually, this is what's happening. So yeah. But I love I love Maniac. Yes. I, I would have it hung on my wall if I didn't love it. I love this film. It's great. It is mm. indeed. It's a brilliant I say stylistically ultra stylistic, ultra violent when it needs to be. Elijah Wood, absolutely brilliant performance considering we see so little of him. Yeah. And I say superb score and just all round extremity extraordinaire. And that is why it should be the winner, the best extreme film. Okay, 
Okay, well, thank you for your input, gentlemen. I will look forward to uh, win winning, and <laughs> don't feel too bad when I do. This is one of those, this is one of those category. You know, you know. Normally, we go. Oh, let's do, let's do. I don't know. Werewolf, and someone picks a werewolf in London, or or someone picks The Shining, or or one of those categories where or someone picks Scream. Perfect Scream. There's such an out yeah. and out winner. Whereas this one, I feel, could be hugely open. I don't know. They're all great films. I don't know which one is gonna is gonna win this episode. Yeah. Probably not yeah. funny games, to be honest, because it is quite bleak. So I am expecting a loss on it. But that's not what I come here for. My favourite it's my favourite one. So that's what I'm going what you come here for is to talk film and share film and hopefully get other people to watch film that they might not have watched, like who mm. wants to watch a remake of Funny Games. Not many people, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but not many people will because of the original, so they'll cling on to the, the, you know, the idea that the original is the superior version of the film. But obviously it's it's Michael Henneke remaking Michael Henneke. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right and feel so disrespectful. I but, think so. You know, I think so. That's him doing him. So, you know, like, he wanted and what's to better than doing himself? Audience. Nothing. Nothing at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could have all picked Martyrs or Cannibal Holocaust and easily won. Mm. Um, but, you know. It's not what we're we about. Didn't... We're not about that line. No. no. But yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I will hand you over to Chris to do our usual social spiel. Our oh, social spiel? Yes. Not that anyone takes any blind bit. No. It's, it's fine, though. If you do oh. want to get in contact with us you can reach us on both instagram and twitter we're at spit grades we're i spit on your grades on facebook um if you want to email us for any reason whatsoever you can always reach us at electricpossums at gmail.com we'll put the poll up for our best stream horror so don't forget the vote and let us know what you picked and why and then we will be back next week with our results episode and please don't forget to rate review and subscribe because every little bit does help. Why did you gasp, Mercy, before we go? Because I just don't, because you said, oh, nobody listens, or Chris said, nobody listens. I was thinking, oh my God, you could do the banana bread recipe, like from um, The Last Exorcism. Yes. And see if anyone does listen. But now I've told but, everyone, but no one's listening. <laughs> no one's listening. No one ever listens. <laughs> Anywho, um, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, I guess. <laughs>